Love Brother, which is focusing on uh, male mental health. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about sort of an outline of what this is? What is Love Brother? Yeah, sure. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Bob. Uh, I'm one of the founders of Love Brother. Uh, we were just talking about this, actually. Uh, Dina and I both have worked uh, in the creative industry for uh, over 10 years. Um, yeah. I come from a more of a kind of, I guess, kind of traditional tr creative agency background. Dino's worked in uh, kind of culture for quite a long time. Um, he set up his own bar when he was 21, 22? 22. 22, wow. <laughs> I'm sure and many people are going to know about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, quite a, a well-known place spot in East London and kind of from then kind of built kind of uh, quite an amazing sort of series of businesses in the same kind of space. Um, and I guess... Yeah, I mean, feel free to sort of jump in at any point. I guess what we both kind of experienced was working at, I guess, the sharp end of our industries for that period um, and both sort of going through quite intense personal uh, experiences with mental health. Um, I personally kind of went through quite a lot of uh, intense depression, um, kind of coming off the back of uh, working quite intensely in... Uh, a very fast-paced uh, environment. Yeah, yeah. I think that that is like typical to. I'm just going to speak really loudly. <laughs> um, I think that's quite typical to London life, right? Mm. Especially in the creative industry. Exactly, and I think Dino, kind of not to put words in his mouth, was no. doing something similar, kind of working really kind of intense. Life. Yeah, I suppose. But it sounds a little bit like again, not putting words in your mouth. But, <laughs> um, uh, maybe from a bit of a kind of. Uh, place of um, being unsupported mm -hmm. for, for both of us and I think for you it was the, the unsupported um, nature of I guess your place of work and maybe mine was uh, the other end of the spectrum in that um, you know I was kind of going through things on a kind of bit more of an entrepreneurial level yeah and I guess you know the industry that I was in, that I'm in is you know sort of shrouded in sort of mystery and mm -hmm. there weren't sort of people that I could sort of tap up and um and I convinced myself that my friends were only friends with me because I'd, I'd kind of created this like mini empire. And, <laughs> and that if I dared to sort of say to my friends, you know, I'm drowning, mm -hmm. that somehow, you know, my businesses would fall apart because they wouldn't want to come, you know, no one wants to sort of come and sort of drink at the place that, you know, is maybe not doing very well. And you, you kind of have to, and I think we're talking about it before we press record but this kind of nature of um of social media and kind of having to sort of um give your sort of highlights real yeah i was was kind of fueling a lot of anxiety for me that like well you know i'm the only one that's going through this because everyone else that's kind of doing similar stuff to me they are smashing it yeah you know and they're great at being a you know a business person a dad um yeah and I think I sort of carried a lot, a, a lot of that stuff. Do you think that was, um, so I remember when you first opened Alibi, mm -hmm. so that was your first, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you think social media was playing such a big role at that point? Like I'm not pointing fingers at your age, <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely become um, more prevalent in the past handful of years like I remember scrolling right back to my first ever Instagram post, yeah. which was horrendous and yeah, I've yeah. archived it since, <laughs> but it, it was, it was seven years ago, eight years ago, mm -hmm. yeah. my first one. So do you think at that point, social media was playing 
apart in sort of isolation, essentially. Mm. Well, for, for me, I mean, I, I, um, I was very, very late to, to Facebook. Um, yeah, there was Facebook purposely. Instagram, I, yeah. Uh, and um, I, was, I guess I was fairly early, early with, with Instagram, but I kind of used it more for sort, of, for sort of business purposes. But it kind of felt like this might just be nostalgia, but it kind of felt like that era, I guess social media sort of played a, a bit of a part. It felt like it played more of a part in sort of connecting people. Yeah. Um, rather than it kind of being... Yeah, that kind of highlights real, that sort of best foot forward. Everyone's an island, really, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's about kind of, you know, you kind of curating your personal brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah this is who I want to present to, to other people. Yeah. And um, I think it's just, I think it is, we've kind of drifted into sort of social media, I guess, um, encouraging isolation. Yeah. I was just thinking about that as you were talking. I remember Facebook kind of coming into force when I was at university and we were kind of like the guinea pigs. And I think we are like Dean and I are the same age. So our generations kind of escaped sort of being overcritical on ourselves yeah. with it. But yeah. I had a team of people who were all in the sort of, I'm sort of 33 now and they were all in their sort of mid twenties and they were using it in a, in a very different way. They were very critical of themselves. Yeah. They were curating everything with a lot of kind of scrutiny and detail yeah. to, to, to the point where you could see that it was causing anxiety yeah. and apprehension in the way that they carry themselves. And if they go out, they wouldn't upload photos that didn't kind of fit within their, their brand or their, the yeah. way that they wanted to be perceived. Where we used to just to upload photos because we wanted to know what was going on the night before, you know? So yeah. I think we sort of maybe just escaped the, the, the sort of real trappings of it. Tripping point, yeah. yeah. I went to um, the climbing centre with my eldest son about a month ago and there was a group of teenage girls and they must have been around 13, like young teenage girls, and they were outside. It's the castle in Stoke Newington, so they've got really nice gardens outside. Mm. And they were sat on a rope swing and one of them was asking other girls to blow into her hair obviously so she could take a photo and it was like it was sweet and funny but I was also a bit heartbroken that she's like young teenage and that's they're in a climbing centre like how much fun is that and they were sat in the garden trying to take a photo for Instagram and it's just a bit crushing really yeah to see that um yeah so how did you so how did Love Brother come about so you've both come from quite different backgrounds but experienced similar journeys from a mental health point of view yeah so I think the kind of convergence point is when I put a charity night at one of Dino's clubs um I think kind of born out of frustration of being sort of trapped in a company where I I was fulfilling other people's creative ambitions and not really having an outlet to let off some steam and sort of do something for myself so I wanted to do a charity night for homelessness and I knew that maybe kind of approaching five miles and Dino would maybe be a way to sort of do something good. And it ended up being a real kind of positive night. We had an amazing turnout. It brought me closer to Dino and his team. And off the back of that, we started kind of talking about, about doing more things. And I think in that kind of period of time, I started to think about wanting to do something outside of an agency role where you can't I, I think kind of a lot of what love brother is is about trying to do something positive and different for yourself and quite often what I what I was starting to realize that actually I was I was working my way through the agency ladder but I wasn't really enjoying it myself I was just sleepwalking through kind of, th- through the motions really you're on that trajectory yeah this is what's next it's what's and, expected and I think 
Dino and I had that same conversation where I think you almost felt like, what's next? Like, is it to set up another bar? Do you really want to do that? And I think we both were sort of looking in the mirror of both, for both of us, we to sort of step up and move on. We'd kind of be, I guess, just scaling up what we were already doing and that didn't necessarily equate to happiness. And I think that's where the kind of, some of the sort of sparks of Love Brother were starting to kind of come together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting that I think when you actually distill what is it that's making me happy in my day to day and especially I think London or city dwellers we tend to want more right we've mm. got to do better <laughs> more money and um, buy a house you know and, and we're on this path but it doesn't always actually mean that we're going to be happier or feel more fulfilled yeah or yeah um so if you were to explain Love Brother to someone that had never heard of it how would you how would you explain it? Well, it's, it's, Did you it's, both have a turn? Well, it's, it's funny because I think we, because we started working together um, kind of in a business capacity, we've sort of bounced Love Brother around as an idea for a little while. And I think we're both passionate about mental health and wanting to sort of, it to have more of a, uh, I guess, a more relevant voice. I think we'd both gone through um, experience trying to talk to people in more traditional channels so um, either approaching the NHS or going yeah. online and finding charities and a lot of that a lot of the language and the way that those things are pr- um, presented is quite mechanical and quite clunky mm. um, and, and with, yeah medicinal uh, you know parental yeah uh, yeah the language seemed to wasn't connecting yeah and it felt like there was a bit of a gap between someone going into the doctors and getting prescribed some quite hardcore drugs and sort of maybe someone just needing to have a chat. There seems to be some, some very mar- like kind of very fixed marker points, but there's not really anything earlier in the journey. And we wanted Love Brother to be a bit more of a kind of open dialogue community where people can talk much like kind of what you're you're trying to work on, which is kind of dispelling and opening and sort of destigmatizing things. Yeah, I was looking earlier, I was doing a little bit of research around um, male mental health and um that's really annoying isn't it someone keeps opening the door um (laughs) and uh it was i wrote down the stat i think it was one in eight um men feel that they suffer from mental health issues Mm -hmm. but of of that one percent would own like a tiny percentage it was like 40 percent would only seek help Mm -hmm. and one of the stumbling blocks was that they feel they'd be wasting their gp's time yeah. And I mean, that's like, yeah. it's insane because our mental health is everything, right? You can't work, you can't parent, you can't live a fulfilled life yeah. if you're if you're battling and you've got nowhere to turn. Uh, it, it, I mean, for me and from some of the conversations that we've had since sort of starting my brother, <clears throat> it kind of feels like a lot of this is comes from a place of a lot of men not feeling like they're undeserving of, of help. Yeah. And, you know, that I, could, I can speak to that in that. I felt guilty to sort of say what I was going through out loud because, you know, I guess I'd, I'd done such a sort of good job of convincing myself that, like, everything's fine, you know, and, and, um, and that, you know, woe is me, oh, I've, you know, I'm too busy, oh, I've bitten off more than I can chew, yeah. oh, you know, you know uh, and, and I think that seems to sort of, like, resonate with a lot of the people that we've been speaking to. Mm, yeah, definitely. 
it's almost like in a way you create your own little showreel of like well I'm doing well at work yeah. and I've got you know x amount going for me and this and that so actually I'm really fine I just need to sort of like pull my socks up and get on with it yeah, yeah. man up is man the, up right and I didn't want to yeah, say yeah. it but it's true and I think um a lot of well I would make up that a lot of men who are experiencing mental health problems on whatever level um would go oh well you know I'm a man I just need to get on with it and sort of knuckle down and push through and that's such a, that's one of the biggest stigmas right man yeah, up definitely. or, or those, those sort of traditional gender roles yeah where the man needs to be strong and stable and I hate that phrase but you know what I'm saying and, and the woman is softer and nurturing and can talk about things and, mm. and I think that's you know people fall victim to that even yeah. unconsciously mm, yeah. the idea that we can just carry on and get through it definitely yeah well I think I think while we were working out I guess um actually what love brother would um how it would function in terms of like the entity was, you know, was yeah. it was it going to be a charity was it going to be like a, a a business I guess what we're working that out and kind of being sort of very sort of careful about how we kind of articulated like what we were in you know that we weren't sort of promising sort of services um I think a lot of the feedback we you know we, we spoke to a lot of sort of professionals and, and, and practitioners in, in in the mental health space and you know I think our um, worry of kind of coming out um, as a as a, as love brother and it being maybe a bit vague. Um, basically, our, the, the advice we received was just you know put it out there because actually the, the the power in uh, you know two people that are seemingly successful saying this out loud yeah you know and especially me I'm, I'm six foot eight I've, yeah. I'm covered in tattoos yeah <laughs> <laughs> like um I think for to, to to be able to sort of speak from a sort of a, a vulnerable place yeah. um it kind of it was more important than us being sort of clearly defined as to what love brother was just kind of saying it and putting it out there and you know we've we've it's been really humbling some of the sort of feedback we've had from people have you have you found that um other men have reached out to you because yeah. you've kind of let your, you know, you've de-armoured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's become, it's become a little bit of like a badge of positivity because we're sort of saying it's okay and they now feel that it's okay. Yeah. I've been approached by probably about half my friends for yeah. different reasons, either over a pint or kind of over email or over text message. Firstly, just kind of saying, this is great like what what is it how can I get involved Se- or secondly going a little bit deeper and actually kind of confiding and I think that's where we're sort of trying to work out like the next steps because we're not medical professionals but we want to be able to sort of navigate and help people kind of find their way um, and offer them some sort of uh, lines and directions to go to I was at a wedding at the weekend and um, obviously a, you get quite drunk at a wedding and people mm. tend to open up um, and one guy just talked to me, he's a really good friend, and he's just had a, a kid, and he's going through quite a lot at the moment. He's been suffering from anxiety quite heavily for a long time, and obviously adding kind of a kid into the mix completely kind of compresses that and makes the whole thing more difficult. He's also yeah. had trouble with his job, so this all of these kind of um, pillars of kind of what makes a kind of a, a balanced and healthy lifestyle suddenly all get thrown in the air, yeah. and he was kind of asking me kind of, what what can I do and where can I go and I can give him kind of my own experience lived experience but it's not necessarily we're not trying to give people kind of 
factual kind of answers. We're just trying to sort of engage people in conversation. Yeah. But it's, so it's, re- it's really positive to kind of get that moving. Yeah, I think that's um, that's so it's just really valuable just to be able to signpost, mm. to be that kind of first stepping stone. As we were saying before we started recording, which is annoying because it's a good conversation, but, um, <laughs> that seeking um, health, seeking support for mental health there's a lot of stumbling blocks and one of them is that you have you know you have to go to your GP and you have to meet a certain criteria in order to speak to someone and not just get given some antidepressants right mm-hmm. I, I mean I was on antidepressants for 10 years from the age of 14 through to 24 um, and I tried numerous times to come off them and I just completely crashed and burned um, and the time that I successfully came off them was actually when I was pregnant with my first son and I think my hormones just you know sort yeah. of balanced out and yeah and um I've I've been fairly steady since and you know that's it's great but I'm also in a very supportive environment with my work mm. um but that tripping wire of saying well I need some support I need some help but I'm I don't want to go to my GP and then wait six weeks for 30 minutes with a counsellor we're incredibly lucky to have that service but it isn't always accessible or easy for people to um, get, really. Yeah. So I think the the value of signposting people is enormous. Yeah. And and being a resource. Yeah, definitely. And I think what we've learned this year as well is we've come we've come with our own story, but mental health is a really vast and complicated thing. Yeah. It's it covers different groups in different ways, um, different ages, different like kind of ethnic and uh, economic yeah. backgrounds and we keep sort of learning as we go so it's not a fixed it's not a fixed proposition I don't think Um, and this year it's really kind of just been about kind of getting in front of people and doing things like this so we've done quite a lot of panel talks just kind of trying to get in front of the right kind of audiences um, because we know how to I guess our strength is kind of from our own professional background is getting people in a room and, and talking to kind of people of our own age and our own our own kind of um, culture yeah Um, and if we can start there and sort of amplify from that point then I guess we can sort of build on that yeah Um, yeah Um, so do you know you're a dad yes nine months (laughs) nine month old baby boy Um, and Bob you're about to become a dad yeah dad incoming yeah yeah so how um, how has that experience been for you becoming a father in regards to, obviously you don't need to go into details, but mm. in regards to your relationship and, yeah. and how you felt, we were talking about those traditional gender roles, right? Mm. When I got pregnant with our first son, my husband went out and bought two books. One, he's not going to mind me saying this, I hope. <laughs> one was um, How Not to Fuck Them Up, and one was How to Make like a Shit Ton of Money. And he just went, like, got to provide. Mm. And I went crazy into nurture. And for us, that was quite a natural Mm. Um, positioning mm. how did how have you found that have you um, has it made a difference in how you're approaching I think um, well I mean it's it's I, I've learned more about my uh, really by there being another sort of human in, in my um, life now uh, <laughs> in my house I've it's it's taught me more, just so much more about myself really you know more, more so than um, I guess about sort of fatherhood um, yeah. But just a lot about my character. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, I think it's definitely. Uh, I was I was talking about talking about this with a friend the other day. I it's not as if 
you know, a lot of people sort of say that it's it, it's a love that you've kind of never felt before. You know, and I can I can echo that, but I think it's more about um, it's changed. I think it's changed my capacity for love more than it being like a, a whole brand new, new feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, because I've I've felt love at numerous times throughout my life. You yeah. know, and it's a similar feeling, but I think this it, this just kind of feels a little bit deeper, and and because of that, it's it's hard for that to not kind of. Um, uh, reflecting kind of other uh, other parts of my life, um, I think that also what's what's kind of helped I guess in terms of applying sort of fatherhood to, to my mental health is you can't help but do like a bit of a kind of a big self audit and yeah. and you know um, yeah. you know suddenly you know uh, somewhat you know there being an issue at three in the morning in a, in, in a club suddenly becomes a you know the, uh, lower on the kind of priority list really and and, yeah. and it kind of you, you are less invested in these kind of things that yeah have a, that your blood running through their veins yeah yeah know? yeah it's a it's a funny transition i think into that because it kind of just creeps up on you and you start to go oh oh this this is really important and mm. Yeah, there's nothing that makes you sort your shit out or kind of clarifies things mm. more, in and my think, opinion. Mm. And I think some of those, um, you know, uh, those kind of, um, I think it maybe it's amplified by by media, but those kind of um, uh, myths of um, parenthood that are kind of pushed out there. Um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like they. Oh, where's my train of thought here? I, I think it's. It, 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 when you're sort of applying that um, in 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 uh, in real life, yeah, I guess okay. So in, in, the, in the lead up to becoming a dad, you know, I, I was kind of um, my worries were, were different than once mm. he had arrived. And yeah. I think a lot of that was to, was to do with kind of like uh, I guess sort of messages put out in society. Mm. And, and weirdly, actually, I was talking about this with my wife the other day. You know, um, some of the misinformation. Um, you know, again, you know, amazing that we kind of got this kind of free antenatal help. Um, yeah. through the NHS but mm. but you know one of the things that, I, that that really kind of stuck with with me and my wife in particular was you know this kind of breastfeeding workshop that we kind of went, went to and and um, one of the sort of things that kind of really really stuck with me was you know an amazing woman that was kind of you know um, sort of hosting these things but she was just sort of saying you know if you're if it's if if breastfeeding is hurting you're doing it wrong that was one of the things yeah um, if you just let your child sort of like find the nipple, then you know it'll, it'll be fine. And, and you know, and we kind of took this <laughs> baby home and tried to feed him, and it was just—I mean, it was just months of just, just torture. You just got this image of this baby going like, yeah, 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 <laughs> getting hungry and hungrier. You know, and and we just kept thinking, well, you know, well, I won't say her name, but you know, blah 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 said, you know, it shouldn't hurt. You know, we're doing it wrong if it hurts, and uh, and and that if he's not taking to it, it's because we haven't let him find it, found find it himself. The, and, the fault is at yes. It's, the, the language used there is like, well, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're which not is, following the guidelines. <laughs> which is like the last thing in the world that yeah. you need as or a want new to hear as a new parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, standing on the sidelines, I think you're doing all right. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like everyone has an opinion, which is also something that is quite hard to sort of, uh, I guess, manage. I think it sort of, it, it ties into what we were talking about before, really, which is, you know, blanket approaches to sort of very sort of vast and um, ideas are, is never sort of healthy. Mm. You know, we, we, we you know people can't sort of claim to have a sort of fix-all 
uh, option for mental health. Yeah. Um, and there isn't, yeah. you know, to sort of put, the, you know, everyone's birth is, is different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's journey in life is different. You know, two people can have the same birth on paper, right, in their, in their sort of notes, like mm. cesarean, four hours discharge, like successful <laughs> breastfeeding. Like, and that is the kind of boxes that are ticked, mm. right? It's like need to know information. But their emotional response and their, their when they leave can be worlds apart. Mm. Um, and I think, especially for dads, there's, there is more support for the women, right? The, the sort of spotlight is on the woman mm -hmm. making sure that she delivers. And, but the dads are having a, a wild ride, mm. <laughs> um, as I'm sure you remember. Yep. <laughs> um, but there isn't that follow-up support for the dad, mm. which I find a bit baffling, really, because you're, you're a parent too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My um, one of my best friends said that it was absolutely insane, but you feel like you're watching it through kind of plastic glass. And actually, even after the baby's born, he said it took him about three or four months to really feel connected to the whole yeah. thing. And that kind of stuck with me. But like everyone has a different experience, absolutely. and I think that's the thing that that's the sort of nugget that I've taken. I've not, I've tried to sort of put a kind of invisible a force field around me to not sort of over ingest on people's sort of own narrative experiences yeah. we had uh, yeah. and I think mental health is the same people kind of sort of hear so much information and they start to sort of self-diagnose everything yeah. into their own lives yeah. and I think the internet doesn't help on parenting or on mental health because people kind of go and try and find answers to problems that maybe just need to sort of happen naturally I think perhaps also we um, we like quick fixes mm -hmm. we like to have yeah. a fix to feel that we are doing, that yeah. we are taking action, and, and if, and I mean, God, how many experts are, experts are there out um, out there offering these quick fixes, like how to get your child to sleep through the night, mm. how to do this, how to yeah. do that, how to, you know, three tips to lift your mood, like mm. these are such complex issues that really it's it's just a massive disservice mm. in some ways. I mean, I guess it could be helping some people, but it's. Yeah. It's skimming the surface, right? Yeah. That's the thing, and it's it's not personalised. It's it's also just incredibly complicated and taking up more headspace, I guess, if you're a new parent. Like, you've yeah. got a finite amount of time in the day now because you've got a lot more to do. Yeah. And trying to solve problems through other people's experiences may be not necessarily helpful. Um, it might just be better for you guys to spend more time together as a, as a unit. <laughs> it was um it was interesting what you said about sort of aftercare because um I was talking about it with my, my wife recently we we had a very traumatic birth really really difficult um and you know I think when you're kind of you know obviously it was it was both the best and worst day of my life and just that kind of push and pull of emotions yeah um it kind of felt like maybe there'd be some sort of something triggered in in the system where they'd be like we should probably check in on these two in a, in a week or two. Mm. And obviously, you know, the resources are, are limited. That didn't happen. But, you know, it manifested. We, you know, it, it took about two, two weeks, but we had, like, a massive cry, like, just... Because we, yeah. we, we hadn't really kind of talked about it. Almost in shock. Mm, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It was like a, a... Just kind of weirdly both hit us at the same time mm. um, uh, in the same sort of way. Mm. Um, yeah. And... Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what the answer to that would be, but um, 
but yeah, some sort of form of, of aftercare. And again, I think opening up that conversation um, that birth can be traumatic. Mm. Oh, it can be wonderful. It can be both, right? Yeah. As you said, it can be both in the same space. And um, when we see other people, um, hashtag blessed, you yes. know, three <laughs> days old, having snuggles, sleeping on the couch, like I'm sure that was a, a period of that day. Mm. But actually, what about the time yeah, when yeah. you're crying because your nipples cracked? Yeah. And yeah. you're rowing because you haven't had a shower today and you resent your partner for having one. You know, like yeah. it's not it's amazing but I think it's just being really honest right Mm -hmm. about this is this is can be part of it yeah and then we don't feel ashamed yeah and I think um yeah I remember um my wife sort of going through Instagram like you know and looking at Kim K's sort of bounce back from (laughs) after after you know just giving birth and you know it just it just kind of you know, it's it's another kind of like push of this kind of like unreality, mm. basically, and yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and then I think one, I think it, it, it definitely sort of play, plagues me a little bit. This kind of, you know, I think I'm allowed to say that you know I, I love my son, but I'm allowed to say that parenting is shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so true. But no, but that, that's <laughs> not two honest statements. Yeah, yeah, that's not what. Um, what I guess that's not the kind of message for social media. You can't sort of say because yeah. because you kind of feel. I guess the, the the assumption is is that like if you say parenting is shit, you're you're kind of implying that your child is shit, and that's not that's not <laughs> no. true. You know, I, I I I love I love my son. Do I love being a dad sometimes? Yeah 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 yeah. That's so refreshing. That's you know? <laughs> so refreshing. Sometimes not. Yeah, I'm totally there with you, and I think that's all right. You know, it's all right to say. Um, yeah. Maybe not everyone feels like that. But there's definitely people that do. But I think sure. even amongst friendship groups, um, a lot of my friends have had kids now, and I only ever see good things. Yeah. They very, they very rarely sort of push through the kind of hard bits, or they don't call you up and say, "I've had a really shit night. Could we just like, it'd be nice to catch up with you." Yeah. It's very, um, it's very limited and very contained, and I think we're all kind of conditioned to sort of behave that way. Um, yeah. There are obviously some people in some groups who are more 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 open, but on the whole, it feels like everyone's sort of falling into this pattern, which yeah. is kind of like cause I'm on a WhatsApp group now with all my soon-to-be dad dad mates. Obviously, I've already got some dad mates, but um, babies are starting to appear, and it's kind of a it's almost like a package. Like here's me and my baby having a great time, and I don't. <laughs> know, there's no like kind of there's no there's no kind of deeper narrative around how the birth went or anything like that. Yeah. I feel like is everyone just gonna sort of give us the sort of highlights and the show quite, reel yeah, again? The show reel again. Did have um Dino, do you have many uh any many dad friends who have already got kids? Have you got that kind of I, I do I do have um I do have dad mates. Um not sort of too too local though. Okay. Um and they uh, I've always kind of been the youngest person in my social group yeah. by like a year or two um so it just kind of so happens that a lot of my kids have a lot of my friends have got kids that are you know one two years two years old so there's a, a little bit of a disconnect there have you found that you can talk to them about your experience if would that be a conversation that could be had or, or would you want to have or you know i think women often we talk to each other mm. perhaps a little bit more openly or that's how we're um sort of shown to communicate we mm. talk about the birth and this and that and mm. is it 
you know, as a dad? The simple as, uh, answer really is no. Yeah. I don't have that. Yeah. No, no. I think, um, you know, I, 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 I'm com- I feel comfortable enough to sort of ask maybe sort of like practical advice. Yeah. Um, but to have like sort of real, I guess, honest conversation about sort of fatherhood, I, I personally don't have that. Um, and I mean, I kind of flirted with the idea of setting something up called yeah. um, called Dad Better Know, which was going to be like, <laughs> which was going to be like a like a grime afternoon <laughs> grime bring a record yeah, bring a garage be so into thing. That, seriously. And you know, it's meant to be sort of like aimed at dads. Yeah. You know, come bring a record and like let's talk about like being a dad. You got to bring the kid though, right? Or not? I think so. I think you know. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we anyway. have to take the kids everywhere yeah, with us, so yeah, I'm afraid. Fine. No, no. no. <laughs> I think um, I think well, you know we were going to sort of make a sort of little soft play area in. in in, in the club somewhere um but you know to be honest like yeah setting up a new thing i don't know if i've really got the sort of bandwidth to do it but yeah. but but the idea of that was was to sort of try and kick start just selfishly try and kick start yeah ha- having that uh, a bit of a sort of network yeah. yeah but again that's come from a real experience and a need i think yeah and like it's hard to find these spaces where people are being open um yeah, yeah so i don't think it's that's a great idea. I'm yeah, in. Yeah, me too. I think it's <laughs> Sign me up. Idea. I'm going on the waiting There's list. There's just right. nothing like that. Stick that on resident the, advisor. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So if if people um, or someone was to come to you and reach out to Love Brother mm. in in a um, not official but in a more formal capacity, mm. what? How would you, you know? How do you sort of navigate that? Do you signpost them on to help? Is it a conversation with one of you guys? What? How does it work from a sort of outside point yeah, of view? Yeah, practical point of view. Yeah. At the moment, it's it's yeah, it's case by case. I think if we can push, not push, that's the wrong word. If we can guide someone guide. to some useful information, then we will. We're trying to set up a, lo- a website which kind of does this in a more kind of automatic way. Yeah. Um, I guess a lot of people are coming to us to have a chat, and that's really wonderful. And that's how we're sort of growing, I guess, word of mouth more than anything to take it up to the next level needs I guess more investment and more professional support because Mm. I think there is a sort of a ceiling to how much we can offer as individuals and like I said before mental health is beyond just kind of what we do it's it's so complicated and there are people on the kind of extreme end of that access axis who are kind of going through really difficult things and we've had experiences that we've hopefully navigated through to do positive stuff but I think to sort of have a long-term gain and help people we need to sort of we need to build a bigger team and have more support from either sort of partnering with a charity or an organization who have the research and the insight that can kind of balance out the I guess the kind of cultural relevance and positioning that we're sort of building so we've spoken to people about doing a kind of a a more long-form podcast and kind of building more content that supports the idea yeah Um, so yeah at the moment it's it's kind of it's bubbling away it's bubbling yeah so it's percolating in the, in the near future yeah yeah, yeah. And i think i guess kind of coming back to sort of the family dad job thing like it's about balance and like we were putting loads of energy into it for a little while whilst trying to do a million other things and yeah. suddenly we we were not really looking after ourselves and yeah i was being i felt quite overwhelmed at one point earlier this year because i think obviously you guys have kids but kind of running into the deadline of having a kid you're suddenly feeling like you need to do everything yeah everything before that date yeah Yeah. so you have this very fixed time where you feel like you need to complete certain things of life 
So yeah. suddenly I have money, financial kind of security, making sure that my wife was okay, making sure that the house was like done to a certain standard yeah. because we've set ourselves these goals. So yeah. Love Brothers kind of having to sort of mold and fit around, I guess, some more basic kind of functional stuff. And yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's about kind of doing it at our own pace rather than trying to force yeah. it out because otherwise we'll end up burning out again, which well, is kind of, yeah. we go full circle, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. obviously not what either of us want. Yeah, you can't be guiding people towards um, mental health support if you're not exactly. looking after your and it, own, Exactly, and it can get a bit overwhelming if people are coming to you sort of almost looking for a solution. Like, it's a big responsibility. Yeah, exactly it is, and we want to make sure, like we said, like it needs to be framed in the right way and that yeah. we're not sort of misleading people. We don't yeah. want to be false advertising and sort of sending people down the wrong pathway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's sensitive and I think we're quite self-conscious of that as well. Yeah, but I, I do think what's great about it being you guys is that you are very approachable mm. and, and it's not faceless. Yeah. Like yeah. Your, your people, your dads, you're, you're open and, you're, and you've made yourselves vulnerable mm. um, by, by creating this. And if, if that weren't the case, you know, if it was the professionals, perhaps it wouldn't have that, um, that warmth or that soul yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what will make people feel that they can come to Love Brother mm. or approach Love Brother or even just open their mind to the idea that maybe mental health support is possible for them. Yeah. It's that kind of stepping stone. Exactly. And I think some of the, what's been amazing is actually some quite significant people from, I guess, more of a cultural space have come forward. So musicians, DJs, uh, people from radio, um, people that are quite established in their own fields. And I think getting, building that kind of network of like-minded people will help more people kind of on the end of their phone or computer sort of actually think, actually, if they're comfortable talking about it, then maybe I can do it too. Yeah. I think that's kind of where we're sort of heading toward is yeah. building a like, like a round table of great people who, who are all comfortable. So, um, yeah. and same with like business owners, there's a lot of amazing entrepreneurial people kind of from 25 up who are doing incredible things, but have also had to overcome huge mental health challenges because running your own business is immensely hard. Yeah. No one really gives you support. Yeah. Um, quite often you have to make mistakes and learn yourself. Yeah. Um, and you're expected to look after umpteen amount of people and their problems too so yeah this is all kind of connected to kind of building a really robust network I think because yeah. a lot of those people will be able to give great kind of mentoring and advice to people that are younger as well yeah 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 it sounds incredible um cool thank you so much for coming in to speak thanks, to thanks very thank much you.